Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to a very special, very live episode of This Week in Marvel. This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, action, adventure, but none of that this time because we're just not. hanging out at Isotope Comics in San Francisco. Woo! Yeah, woo indeed. Uh, thank you guys for opening the shop for us on a day you wouldn't normally be here, especially a day after WrestleMania. Yeah, that's what is being celebrated. They never open the day after WrestleMania. Yeah, it's a it's a holiday. And uh, and it's it's they also to promote that it's raw is Monday nights. Sure, everybody needs to yeah. get their rest to get excited for wrestling. Right. Uh, if you're just joining us, I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, and you are Patrick Cavanaugh, Marvel.com assistant editor. The funny thing is, you've been on my staff now for like eight months or whatever it is, and we've never done a podcast together, even though you're on every week. Yeah, you will. You also have that directive where I'm not allowed to address you personally. Also, that right. I'm not allowed to look you in the eye. Yeah, this and you're first. doing that right now, which is very disconcerting. Well, that's because we're live on yes. the air, right? This is going out yeah, live. Yeah, we're, we're live on Periscope as well, uh, which the numbers keep dropping, which is fantastic. <laughs> off to a good uh, start. We're off, off to a, a, a killer start. Um, but this is an experiment for us. This is fun. We, we've only done these live shows a couple times. Um, we brought a couple fun guests, and we've got giveaways to the uh, to the the boisterous and awesome crowd down there. Yeah, I can, I can have, I have a hard time hearing you yeah. over the crowd. Yeah. So, like, no, let, let's try and keep it toned down so we can have a serious conversation about, about all things Marvel. Yes. I appreciate your enthusiasm, of course. Yeah, so we, we've been in town in San Francisco for uh, a couple days. We went to uh, the Hall of Fame for WWE, that celebration, and we went to WrestleMania, uh, as many folks in town have. And uh, today we also visited with DNA, the makers of uh, Marvel Mighty Heroes, brand new game that is uh, going to hit the uh, iOS and Android, Android stores Very soon. probably tonight or tomorrow. Keep your eyes out for it. Yeah, so it's going to happen real soon. Uh, and it's a super fun game. And you know what? I think we should bring out our first guest, uh, Mr. Sounds like a great idea. Fred Van Lente. Why don't you join the show? He is the writer <laughs> of Marvel Mighty Heroes. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah. For, for the, the laughter is... Uh, it's, it's really high. This couch is really <laughs> suspended high off the ground. Yeah, that's the thing. We're here. We're on a, a riser. We're on a stage John. high above the crowd. Um, as, as Fred demanded. He said he will appear on the podcast, exactly. but only if you elevate me at least 15 feet above the rest of the audience. Above the hoi polloi. Yeah, and so for those watching, uh, Fred's drinking a root beer, so don't even worry about that. He's, totally. uh, yeah, this is, this is a family-friendly, uh, no endorsement of uh, adult beverages show. It, oh, it is. Right. I mean, yes, it is. Yeah, very good. Uh, uh, Fred, um, tell the fans a little bit about uh, Marvel Mighty Heroes for those who are watching, listening, and for those down there who are very excited about the game. Yeah, uh, Marvel Mighty Heroes is a great arena fighting game in which you uh, play co-op multiplayer with players all over the world or your friends. You can invite them to to select a roster of your favorite heroes and go out and complete various missions. Uh, and I wrote the various issues that the missions uh, revolve around. And, and to start off, we're going to be adapting uh, various comic book series, and the first one we're doing is Infinity, yep. the, the, the big space epic from a couple years ago. With Thanos. Thanos and, and the Guardians and uh, 
Ex Nihilio. Uh, Ex Nihilo. Is that, how we, is that how we decided it was Nihilo. pronounced? E yeah. ELO? Yeah, like, we're going to have a band. Uh, right? ELO is in the game. I knew I should, oh, I, I knew I should have paid uh, attention to that. There's a whole Latin level class. just about time. It's very exciting. Right, yes, it's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's going live tomorrow. Which yeah. is super exciting. So we're here in San Francisco to promote it. Yes, and that's not the only Marvel game you've worked on. You've right. done a whole bunch of stuff for us, yep. such as? Uh, I did Avengers Initiative, which was a fighting game for iOS. Uh, people seem to really dig that. And I did, available right now in the iTunes store, is Spider-Man Unlimited, which is a terrific runner uh, where you get to play all sorts of different kinds of Spider-Man yeah. in the middle. It's a, it's a really great game. I'm so proud of it. And uh, right now, we're in the middle of our Spider-Verse storyline, like, uh, like Dan's yeah. from in the comic, and you get to play... Uh, you get to play Superior Spider-Man fighting Dr. Octopus, which is very exciting. If you're sort of wondering how that could happen, check out the what? game. What? Uh, so for... That's uh, impossible. <laughs> for Unli Spider-Man Unlimited, um, what is... Because writing for video games, I imagine, is vastly different than writing for comics. And even then, when you start breaking into the different games that you're writing for, that's got to be a, a totally different experience from game to game. It is. I mean, when you're doing comics... Uh, you generally are the one driving the narrative and, and, and I wouldn't say you're the most important person on the team, that would definitely be the artist, but you're definitely through your scripts and your arcs and, and, and outlines driving the narrative. In, in games, you're much more uh, part of the team and much more working with the developers to sort of come to you with the parameters that, that of what they want and what is doable and that generally, and your, your challenge then is, is, to be, is to come up with a storyline that meets those, those criteria. Yeah, um, you, we, we talked about this a little bit Earlier, and we'll be on a different episode of the show. But you're a big gamer as, I as am. well, right? What are What are you playing? What uh, What games really tickle your fanny? Is uh, that a thing we talk? <laughs> is, we, is, that, is that Is that okay? Is that okay to say? We don't have that video game technology yet. Oh. <laughs> Where fannies can We're be tickled. We're getting there. VR fanny tickling. Um, uh, right now, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Rogue, which mm -hmm. I'm I'm really excited about, and uh, I'm about to get a PS4. So whoa, excited about that. Because that's the because that's the kind of money you make when you appear on the, this week in Marvel that's right. podcast. Yeah, that's right. That's just that's how I'm going to spend the money I'm making just from coming on this show. Yeah, the appearance fee uh, for those of you who didn't know. Assuming I don't fall from, to my death. Uh, no promises. I would we've, spend that money. We've got a no falling rule that's been uh, <laughs> instituted. We're going to follow along with that. Excellent. Uh, we're not allowed to dive off or fall off at all. Mm. Here. Uh, Patrick, do you play video games at all? Uh, I'm from, uh, my favorite video game to play on Xbox is this one uh, called Netflix. <laughs> it's it's always the top of the list in my most recently I, played. I, I, I've played that game. That's where you look at a bunch of movies and then don't watch any. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really it's a really hard game. Like it's I'll spend movie. three hours great playing game. that game, <laughs> and then I just get so tuckered out trying to figure out what I possibly could want to watch. I'm gonna read a book. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's obviously what I always do. Is I say, you know what, books are way better. Uh, I've, I've, I think I've played video games. Mm -hmm. I know what video games are. I've played Spider-Man Unlimited. Uh, I think the last because video you game, work for, uh, for Marvel or because for funsies. For both. Okay. Because working for Marvel is fun. Oh, look at you. Look at me. Very oh. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's funny you bring up Netflix because we have. The shows on the Netflix, coming up soon we have Daredevil, uh, which, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Um, April 10th. April 10th. Thank you very much. Uh, so lots to come from that. 13 episodes launching. Uh, tell you something. It's really... They shot in my neighborhood. Intense. Cool. Yeah? What part of... Uh, do, do you want me to... 
blow up your spot? Where Could you, you just say your address? Uh, right I live now? in okay. Mill. It's a very popular, like Orange is the New Black films there. Yeah. The Americans films there, and so did Daredevil. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, we have that happening. It's a really um, a very different program than you will be used to if you are a fan of the Marvel movies or a fan of Agents of Shield or Agent Carter. It's it's shot as if the person watching it is actually blind. Nope, so not at all. So you can get into Daredevil's head. Uh -uh. There's just, nope. you know, like there's little just nope. concentric circles come out of the screen, make outlines of the That's actors. Great. Well, it really cuts down on the budget. Absolutely, yeah. Nothing you're saying is true. Are you saying that those are all lies? Yeah, just a little bit. He's just goofing around, having a fun time. Just having some fun. That's what we're all here I'm for, I'm going to have right? some more root beer. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, it's, it's really intense, very, uh, a lot darker, and um, dare I say, much more violent than you will be expecting from uh, an official Marvel product, but it's super cool. It's, it's exactly what you expect from a Marvel product in the sense that it's got great character, it's got the superheroes that you love, uh, it's got you know flawed characters dealing with incredible situations, which well, is, is always fun. And I do actually have a little bit of a reveal for the people here. I, you didn't actually know I was going to reveal this. Uh-oh. Fred, you absolutely didn't know I was going to reveal this. Uh -oh. But I, actually, I play Daredevil in what? this show. Here, here yeah. we have. Wait, uh, was yeah. that you on Boardwalk Empire too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also. Wow, on, yeah. it's a huge, yeah. huge pleasure to meet you. Uh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm actually Michael Shannon. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, I'm Michael Shannon. Uh, I don't know where you're going with this at all. But I was just goofing around for uh, for the audience on the Periscope. Yeah. It's because I'm wearing a shirt that says I'm not Daredevil. Right. The, the folks down in the audience cannot yeah. see that. It would have that that bit would have killed. Would have landed. The, oh, would have killed had been they been able to know. Monstrous. But yeah. it's great because Daredevil is currently set in in San Francisco. It is. That's cool, right? Yeah. For the second time. Uh, have fans been really excited about seeing Daredevil in San Francisco? I asked to the crowd. Yeah. That's very cool. That's awesome. Do they? Do they? Uh, do you like seeing the the illustrated versions of popular landmarks like the Empire State Building? And Taj is that, Mahal. Is that Taj Mahal? Yes. <laughs> I did, I didn't That's here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. I've, I've been in this Big city ben. for a solid 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's one thing I know, it's I've the seen Taj so Mahal. much famous stuff. You can. <laughs> Uh, what's a, what's the question? I think you're thinking of Vegas. Oh, Vegas, oh, that's Vegas. right. Vegas, yes, yes. Man, I am so glad this guy showed up. Yes. <laughs> to help, to help, uh, with Fred. help with geography. Yes. So getting back on track, back to the Marvel of it all. all right. uh, what was your first Marvel project? What was the first thing you worked on with us? The first thing I worked on at Marvel was uh, Marvel.com did a poll as that was, to... That was us. Oh, excellent. Uh, did a poll as to which Marvel character uh, was going to get a makeover in the pages of a comic, and I did that for a book called Amazing Fantasy. They, we turned the Scorpion, the Spider-Man villain, uh, into a uh, female teenage S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And uh, I don't think the people voting for the character makeover necessarily were expecting that, <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. It was, it was very well received, and, and they haven't been able to get rid of me since. No? Uh, where did you go from there? What was the... the uh, I did a book called Modox 11. Yes. That, yes. Uh, thank you. That, 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 that was a bunch of Z-list villains pulling off this big heist. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I would call uh, Armadillo Z-list. <laughs> Well, uh, okay. Let's, let's be honest. What, which letter? Which letter is he? Uh, like C? Like A plus? <laughs> well, I love Armadillo. He rolls into a ball and can hurt yep. people, and he's very tall. And he's a Mexican wrestler. Yeah, which is amazing. No, I, I love all those characters. Uh, and then um, 
I ended up doing a book with Greg Pak called Incredible Hercules, and that's kind of what put, put me on the map. Yeah. And then from there I did Marvel Zombies and Amazing Spider-Man and Taskmaster and X-Men Noir and a lot of other stuff. What are your favorite characters, Marvel characters, to write? Um, Spider-Man was the guy I grew up on, so writing Peter Parker is always mm. a lot of fun. I love doing Machine Man in, in Marvel Zombies, the, the Warren Ellis yeah. version. Thank you. I love, I love that character. Uh, the Taskmaster mini I did, I really loved I really loved working with him. And, and uh, Hercules and Amadeus Cho, of course, are yes. super favorites. The Taskmaster mini, was that where you really like dove into the personality? Yeah, uh, like the, we sort of told his origin for the, the first time. The memory stuff? And yeah, the, yeah. We, yeah. We, 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 we invented a me an origin for him. The idea was is that he, uh, Taskmaster's superpower basically is that he has a super memory and he can sort of record Iron Fist fighting and then fight like Iron Fist and, and shoot a bow like Hawkeye if he sees Hawkeye shooting a bow. And so the, the high concept was is that each time he has one of those memories, it's like a big file to keep in his brain so it actually erases his actual memories, his personal memories. So uh, it, it was fun to do an origin story for a character who couldn't remember his own origin story. So basically he had to, for reasons if you read the book, he had to go discover what his origin was and that was sort of the whole plot of the book. Yeah. So, so he was learning his own origin as the reader was reading along. Artist was Hefte Palo yeah. on that, so good. He's hugely talented. And you had Francis Portello on... Um, on Mud Axe 11, yep. Um, do you, like... What is your, do you, are you able to say I really love to work with this artist or is it just like a fortunate, you know? A lot of times it's just kind of fortunate. I mean, um, I think uh, Lauren Sankovich, my great Taskmaster editor, she put me together with Hefte. Uh, Mark Paniccia put me up with Francis Portello, who I'm working with right now. Can I, I probably can't plug a non-Marvel book, can I, or can I? But no, but ah. you could say you are, you have all the projects. So uh, I'm going have more root beer. <laughs> <laughs> As he swigs his root beer, for those listening at home. Anyway, I'm working with Francis Patel right now. Yeah. And it's awesome. I did specifically request him right. because I had such a good time uh, uh, working with him on MODOK. That's awesome. Um, uh, so how, you, you said you grew up with Spider-Man. Uh, what were you trying to bring? What, like, what were you super excited about working with Spider-Verse or, or the Spider-Man Unlimited, that game? Like, were, were there things that you were told? Hey, try and incorporate this, or did you have kind of freedom to? Well, I mean, a lot of what you're, when you're brought on these games, what you're trying to, you're kind of an expert witness. You're sort of supposed to be the guy who goes, Spider-Man wouldn't say that, or right. Mary Jane wouldn't know that. You know, like be the really annoying nerd guy. Well, actually, <laughs> you know, like that's what you're paid to do. So, uh, you know, what I what I love about Peter and Spider-Man in general from the very beginning is that Spider-Man's one of the few heroic characters in in really any kind of purely heroic literature where he constantly wins battles but loses wars. Um, he's, he, he's, he fails through succeeding, which I think a lot of us can relate to it, and I think it's, it's almost more realistic for him than a, lo than a lot of what other heroes go, to, go through. Um, almost like, you know, like Raymond Chandler, the great private eyes. I, I kind of, Peter's a very different character, but he's sort of in that same vein of kind of the, the, the character who's always taking one step forward, two steps back. So I was trying to get, get Make sure some of that heart goes in to a game where you're, you know, you're running around collecting coins. Essentially, I mean, it's a terrific game. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but uh, for the brief snippets of dialogue and and there's a lot of a uh, voice acting also in those games. So you want to give the actor something to work with when you're trying to define a character with maybe one or two lines. You know, that's that's a huge challenge, but it's super fun. Yeah. Um, and so we've also talked about the comic work, Taskmaster, Modox Eleven, a lot of villain work. Yes. What does that say about you? Where's your head at? Oh, I love villains. I love villains. They generally tend to be smarter than the heroes. They, den they tend to be better spoken. Uh, they tend to be angrier. <laughs> so, 
yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that, sum, that sums it up, or at least that's how I see myself, I suppose. Sure. So, uh, uh, no, I, I, I like proactive characters and villains. You know, so many times in superhero stories, heroes are constantly reacting to the villains. The villain's the one taking, taking the initiative. That's not necessarily the best way to write superhero stories, but a lot of times that's the way it ends up. So it's great writing super proactive characters, and, and villains definitely are, are in that category. Who are your favorite villains? Doctor Doom, of course. Everybody's favorite villain. Arguably the best Marvel character, period. Uh, Bold. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I went there. Modok is terrific. Uh, I, one of my favorite things about doing X Men Noir was Mo Magneto writing Magneto in this as this sort of corrupt police lieutenant in the 30s. Um, uh, I loved sort of the loser villains. Like I did a Sandman story in Spider-Man that I really liked, where he's just trying to protect his his adopted daughter. Um, but but who, who uh, was the artist on that? Huh? That was Javier Polito, the yeah, great Javier Polito. So good. We just wrapped up a great run on She-Hulk. Yep. With my buddy Charles Soule. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, the Marvel games you worked on are also part of what we call the Marvel gaming universe. A bit. Right. Um, can you explain a little bit how that came to be and what really? brings all those titles together? Well, um, the initial idea was to sort of have a universe of games, not unlike the games, the, excuse me, the comics universes. And um, I think ultimately we realized it was just too difficult to have that level of coordination, if only just because games take years and years and years to develop. And a lot of times games never come out or they change radically during the development process. So it just becomes unwieldy to try to do that. Yeah. But one uh, element, Haha, <laughs> well, did remain, and that's ISO 8, which is this kind of mysterious uh, metal slash element slash space compound that, that arrived from space in Avengers Alliance. The Facebook game sort of was the, was the, the initial hit that launched all, these, all this stuff, mm -hmm. at least this wave of Marvel games, and that's been consistently in, in pretty much every Marvel game that's been re released, or at yeah. least most of the vast majority I, of them. Anything in the last four or five years, definitely. Yeah. So there's a sort of a secret behind ISO 08. It was developed as part of the MGU. I'm not going to say it here in case we actually decide to use it at one point. <laughs> but yes, it is, that is the one sort of thread that connects all these games together. And, and there is sort of a secret behind it. Nice. And, and in Mighty Heroes, one of the, the things kind uh, of... Uh, I, I apologize. Patrick, it's Marvel Mighty Heroes. Excuse me. That's the official type. Uh, Marvel Would you like Mighty some root Heroes. beer? Yes. <laughs> that, that's the problem. Too much root beer. Uh, with Marvel's Mighty Heroes. Nope, no mar no apostrophe S in there. Got it. Mighty Marvel Heroes. Nope. So the Mighty it's Marvels. The <laughs> Marvel. Marvel. Mighty. Mighty. Heroes. Heroes. Got it. Yep. So with Marvel's Mighty. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that paid off. I'm glad. I was like, should I do it one more time? Yes, I'll do it one more time. With Marvel Mighty Heroes, going forward, it has this kind of episodic nature of bringing these famous storylines and kind of converting them into uh, being able to fit at, in this, this, this really fun game. So between adapting some of those storylines and your work on like X-Men Noir, what are some of the challenges of bringing things that are intrinsic to the character but kind of seeing them through a different lens almost? It's hard. I mean, the... the, the it, Marvel Mighty Heroes is a very sort of fast-paced action fighting game, and so there's not a lot of time for like introspection or monologues <laughs> or anything like that. But the villains do get do get to speak a bit, and so you know, again, the same story that I was talking about earlier with Spider-Man Limited is is encompassing these characters in a, in a couple words or a line or you know tweet levels of dialogue essentially, right, you yeah. know, and and that is very challenging, but fun.
Cool. Um, so when you're when you're in Brooklyn, when you're working, mm -hmm. are you in a studio? Or are you sort of at home? What's your I have an office in my house, in my okay. apartment. So. Um, what is your environment like? Do you listen to music? I'm always curious what, uh, you know, yeah, different creators no, I, and how they... they I do, and, I, and I've said this a bunch of times, but I'll, I'll oh, keep I'm repeating sorry, yeah. it. Because no, 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 no. I just, you know, I just, uh, I feel like sometimes I, I run this story into the ground because I've said it so many times, but I'm sure it'll be new for the, you and the podcast listeners. But uh, uh, one thing I've, I've learned that's super helpful, when, particularly when you're writing multiple books, is what I do for each project is I create an iTunes playlist specific to that project. And so I play that playlist when I'm working that project and only when I'm working that project. And it's a great sort of Pavlovian way to kind of um, program your brain, particularly if you're reluctant or you're, you're having a tough time shifting in between books. If you play that pl playlist, you suddenly find yourself thinking about it and, and wanting to work on it. And it's a really terrific way to kind of calibrate your brain. So I know a lot of, I know a lot of my friends who are writers can't like listen to music with lyrics. They can't listen to anything at all. I know some, some who play the... The, watch TV and write at the same time, which I totally could not do. Uh, but uh, that, that's what works for me. I try to keep a nine to five schedule. I try to get up at, you know, a reasonable hour and eat breakfast and drink. You're right. <laughs> and drink, drink coffee and then go work. And then I always have a lunch break. Always make sure to try to get out of the house at least once per day, which when you work at home can sometimes be a challenge. Uh, and uh, then spend the afternoon either uh, picking up more writing or a lot of times you um, you need to do meetings. Uh, the West Coast people are finally coming into the office, so you sure. chat with them, and, and uh, you get last-minute requests from people you work with in London, so it's this <laughs> weird kind of rolling time zone as the world turns. You know, you get various emails coming in from different uh, cardinal directions. Sure. I do my best work, typically, when I'm surrounded by ornately decorated toilet seats. Well, wow! I, don't know. If, if I was I was thinking that your work in this podcast was exceptional. This is my best exceptional. work. Exceptional. That's the thing. Also, I should mention that the lovely folks at Isotope Comics are decorating the walls with lots of wonderful. Are seats. decorating right now? Right Currently, this very minute. yeah, yeah. I saw some guy in a toilet in the, in the toilet room. Where have you been? In the toilet room. <laughs> By the way, that's what that's called. The toilet room. <laughs> Is where they have the toilets, and this is Call my best England. work. This is my best work. Uh, for for those playlists, I, I find that you know really interesting. Do you keep them? Do you trash them? Um, you I tr well, I try to trash them because it, otherwise, then the the temptation is to reuse them, and uh -huh. then that kind of screws it up. It's like I wanted to be writing my science fiction thing, but suddenly I want to write my horror thing for some right. reason because I'm playing the wrong playlist. So. Do you remember anything that's on them though, or like do you have that? Well, I, keep, I don't delete the song. Sure, I, sure, I, but I, I mean, you know, like sort of. When you hear a song that you normally oh yeah oh yeah definitely without yeah. a doubt do you remember anything that was on say the Modox Eleven that may have been before that came out in like two thousand seven or something like that so I may have actually been before I developed this this method oh, wait a minute no my wife made me miss mix that's right uh, the one thing I remember that was on there that she put on there was William Shatner <laughs> has this great Perfect. song called uh, I can't get behind that okay and and my and my wife. Uh, uh, okay, some people know it. Uh, my wife uh, said that that's, she thought that was Modox. That was what was going through Modox's head the whole time. Just going through his <laughs> days plotting how to kill people because after all, that is the only thing that he's, that, that organism is designed to do. Mental organism, excuse me. Uh, yeah, so, so I do remember that, uh, that William Shatner was on there. And you said Dr. Doom's your favorite villain. Yes. So if you were going to write a, a, a Dr. Doom book, what would you put on Dr. Doom's playlist? That's a great question. Thank you. 
Told you I do my I, best There was work. a guy in my building who, uh, there was like a rapper with like a Dr. Doom persona, and I think that this was years MF and Doom? years and years ago. Is that, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. And I, I think that my a guy, a lawyer in my building worked for his for the, his label, and so I got his album. So, really? And his tracks had, I'm sure totally legally copied versions of various tracks from like the old 70s Fantastic Four cartoon, yeah. the one with Herbie. Um, and so, yeah, that that's definitely. I, I'm thinking a lot and a lot of metal, right? Because he is. He has lots of some metal. Eastern honoring. European. Yeah. There'd be some, some polkas. Some polkas, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, because he's gonna remember his gypsy roots. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, uh, probably hell by the Squirrel Nut Zippers, because mm-hmm. uh, it's where he wants to go to rescue his mom. You know, the really with Doom, the musical possibilities are semi endless. And come to think of it. In Marvel Adventures Fantastic Four, because in between doing Scorpion and doing Modox 11, I did a lot of the kids' books, there was an entire issue where Johnny Storm was being zapped from various alternative uh, dimensions, and one of the dimensions he ended up was a musicals dimension, where really? the, yeah. the Marvel Universe was all musicals, and my, wife, my lovely wife, Crystal Skillman, who's a terrific player, uh, award-winning playwright, uh, wrote me the lyrics for Doctor Doom's song, which is called Bow Down. <laughs> So we actually have lyrics to an actual wow. Doctor Doom song that she wrote that someday we'll have to get compositions for that appeared in a Marvel comic. I can't, well, there's no, we never wrote any music for it. <laughs> and, I, and I wrote the book like in 2006. We so. should totally get uh, someone to write some music. Someone internally write some music. That would we be awesome. We own the lyrics already. Yep. We can totally do it. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me when we get back to, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm happy to find a way to do that. That would be It'd awesome. Be super fun. Um, and I'm, I'm interested, what is your mindset when you're doing, say, like the Marvel Adventures books, which are, you know, all ages, but very, you know, like they need to be uh, accessible to kids of all ages versus writing something like Taskmaster where he's getting shot and he's slicing people in half and all that stuff. Is, it, is your mind any different doing this? Um, well, the Marvel Adventures, had a lot, it was sort of interesting because um, for a lot of different reasons, one of which was... They were all done in ones. Like that was a, a the the folks at Marvel felt like if you were a kid picking up this uh, randomly up as a, at a Walmart or some, you know, you're just a casual reader, you you shouldn't have to like know what had happened before in the previous issues, and you shouldn't have to go pick up the the next issue to do it necessarily. So that was really fun. So I, I sort of like I'm, I'm a big fan of Larry David Show Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I loved how in each episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah, yeah, I know it's great. It's uh, <laughs> not just audio. He seeds <laughs> he see, he seeds stuff at the beginning of the episode that always ends up paying off in an unexpected way at the end of the episode. So I tried to structure almost every Marvel Adventures <laughs> issue like that where there was sort of a complete arc, a single complete arc to the whole story. That's awesome. Uh, what book do you think Larry David would appear in? If, or if, if Larry David could be on a team? He'd be Doctor Doom. He would be Doctor Doom? <laughs> He'd be like... Well, because he's so... Cause he's he, so irritable. He, he, exactly. He, he, instead of Doom vowing to kill Reed Richards, he, you know, Doom would be mad that Reed Richards took his parking space or let his dog go in, in Doom's lawn or whatever. You know, he would be more mildly annoyed at... <laughs> Just Ed Reed Richards, exactly. Just he would just be cranky and, and, and complaining all the time. Now that you're talking about Larry David, it has me thinking that you and uh, Ryan Dunleavy need to do a series of, of amazing, uh, you know, like autobiographical comics that you've done for, um, you know, like the the presidents and and all these things that the the comics one that you did. Uh, what was the uh, Comic book history of comics. Oh, yes, which I love, and I will happily mention that on here. I was going to say, but yeah. Marvel didn't publish that. <laughs> it, it is, it is, but I love it. I do. It's self-published by you guys. Um, uh, you 
what if you were doing, say, a comedy version of that, like focusing on a bunch of comedians? You know, a fan on Facebook gave me an idea that I will totally steal from him, which he said was okay, <laughs> so hopefully he won't sue me in the, in later. But uh, but I think doing the history of comedy in America from vaudeville today would be a terrific idea. Yeah. I think it would be a terrific project, and it's definitely something I'm, I'm thinking about. That's cool. With my copious free time. <laughs> with my non-existent free time. Yeah, but, you know. writing 80 video games. Exactly. A ton of comics. A ton of comics. Um, have you done any like TV, movie kind of script writing? Uh, nothing that's been made yet, uh, unless you count the Cowboys and Alien thing, right. but I didn't really have a whole lot of involvement in that. Um, but uh, And Marvel totally published that. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, but uh, 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 not yet, you know, but I'm in California, so I'm flying from here to L.A. to do the Hollywood meetings. Nice. So, uh, you know, we'll see if anything comes out of that. Very cool. Um, all right, I think we're going to bring on our next guest. Awesome. You, you stay. Yes. Fred, uh, Patrick, you're going to move around and uh, come on up and we'll edit this part in the audio. But yes. <laughs> I feel like we need some kind of like, we need Paul Schaefer, the equivalent thereof. We just, uh, I went to... Marvel Comics. I went to Letterman last week or the week before, and it was amazing. Like, that band, Paul Schaefer and the CBS Orchestra, just killed it. Well, I didn't realize he was a big, he was a big comedy guy himself. Yeah. In back in the day, I didn't realize that he had so many connections to to, to folks who would later end up on various sketch shows and the Groundlings and stuff like that. Yes. Well, hello. Hi. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about the screen. Oh no. Okay. Um, so we are just joined by. Hi, I'm Bobby Rubio. I'm a story artist at Pixar. Woo! Yeah. We're all family, so it's Marvel. Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's very cool, very, uh, very fun to have you here. And you've you've done stuff for Marvel as well. You've done right. some some variant covers and whatnot. What have you worked on? Uh, for Marvel, for you guys, I've done uh, yeah, as you said, a bunch of variant covers. The first one, it was um, George Belliard, our yep. editor, like was looking for an artist, and uh, there was an email sent throughout Pixar. Does anyone want to do a Marvel cover? And I totally jumped at it. I was like, I got to do this. And the first one was a uh, I Am Captain America yep. uh, variant, mm-hmm. in which it was a teacher. And she was sitting at a rug, and Captain America rug. I mean, it looked like the shield. And I had various uh, kids surrounded by a teacher who was reading uh, a storybook. And all the little kids were dressed up as Avengers. So that one came out pretty cool. I also did a variant. Well, the most recent one is, I think it's it's coming out soon. It's the New York one. You guys are yeah, doing yeah. a variant on We're Celebrating New York. New York City. and Yeah. So I got the Staten Island one. And <laughs> is so, that the Howard one? Yeah. It's yeah. The Howard it's a great one. cover. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So that was the latest one. So an email goes around Pixar saying, <laughs> hey, who wants to do some Marvel stuff? How many people are at Pixar that get this email? Like. I don't, uh, thousands, I'm not even, thousands, 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 a thousand guys at least at Pixar at the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I think we all had to submit our uh, our uh, portfolios online mm-hmm. in for them to see. Uh, and uh, a couple of us got uh, picked. Myself and my buddy Austin Madison also did a cover as well. So. Had you done? I mean, uh, the the covers aren't necessarily sequential, but had mm-hmm. you done any sequential pieces beforehand? Have you tried that? Uh, for Marvel or yeah, for just in general, like oh okay. Uh, I mean, I do my own comic. Cool. I'm, I, uh, can I mention it? Self-published. Self-published. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love self-published comics. Uh, we support that. Yes. Awesome. So I do uh, my own comic. 
uh, Alcatraz High, and I did that since 2002. I go to, I, I publish it every year and, and go to San Diego Comic-Con with it. And uh, recently I've also done my latest comic, Four Gun Conclusion, and that's uh, what came out last year. Very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if you could form a team of, of Avengers-like right. heroes from the Pixar roster, right. who would you pick as you know, your top like five, six, seven? Right. And I think this I guess go. I guess the non-incredibles. We, right, we, we yeah, have no, to exclude the Incredibles. Yeah, you yeah, kind of yeah. have to go. Mm, yeah, I mean, you would pick maybe one of them. Wally for sure, right? You would pick Wally because you need a robot guy. Let's see. Uh, I'd have to I, go with Eva from from Wally. It would probably be slightly more useful. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> She's got a laser and all that. So yeah, maybe Eva would be better. Yep. Uh, maybe Woody would lead the team. Sure. You'd be the Captain America of the team. Well, so you need like somebody muscle, but you already have Eva. Uh, you need the comedy guy. So Sully, Sully would oh. be a good would be a good strong man. Muscle, yeah. yeah. A yeah, tank, yeah. as we call them in video games. Oh, yeah. look at yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah. Terminology. Sully would be fantastic. Who else would? We, then you need the comedy duo. Maybe you would add so, uh, add Mike with it, so you got a little comedy there today. So you got four. You need a fifth guy, right? Or you need a girl. We added Ava, so. Synthetic uh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just have that team. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, right? it's a pretty well, good it team. Pretty solid. Yeah, I want to mess with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we. Well, what about uh, uh, what? the Scottish princess? We need the archer, uh, right? Yeah, 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 you need an archer. Yeah, we could get married up and brave, which yes. would be amazing. That'd yeah, be awesome. and, and do on we, the horse. Do we have um, a berserker level Pixar character? I guess possibly again from Wally would be the massaging robot that is malfunctioning. Oh yeah. Th <laughs> that would be a, a pretty good berserker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a bunch of people uh, joining us on Periscope right now. Okay. Uh, I th they say the connection is a little rough. We apologize. We've got Wi-Fi. Um, but if you guys who are watching on Periscope have any questions, just let us know. Patrick is going to be taking a real close look at that at all times from Absolutely. like six feet away. He Absolutely. Can, you can see it perfectly. Also, don't know how to read. Yep. So it's going to be another <laughs> tricky yes. thing, but we'll figure it out. So only communicate in emojis. Yeah. <laughs> right. That would be uh, we, oh, it looks like we have one coming in. Uh, crying face American flag. <laughs> beer, beer, <laughs> knife, skull. <laughs> beer, beer, knife, Skull is my favorite. Um, Bobby, how did you get your job at Pixar? What, what was your path to there? Mm, uh, I went to um, CalArts to study. Uh, that's the California Institute of the Arts. I studied animation there. And then after that, I got an internship to Disney, which we are all part of right now. Uh, so I started out in Disney, and that was in 94. Oh, you know what? Prior to that, I actually worked with uh, Jim Lee. Uh, but he was at, uh, well, you know, he was at Omnich Studios, okay. and he had Mark Silvestri at the time, and Wills, and they all shared a, 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 a studio spot. And where was that? Was it, it was San in, Diego? Or? It was in San Diego. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I've heard tales of the wonderful uh, Wildstorm. Was it Wildstorm? I think. Yeah, it was Wildstorm yeah. and uh, Top Cow. Mm -hmm. But I was picked up by Jim, so I was part of the Wildstorm crew, and it was kind of funny because. Uh, Billy Tan was a, he was on Top Cow's guy, and we were good buddies, and we'd always, always argued who was better, Jim or Mark. I would obviously say Jim. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so I did do a, a stint uh, with Jim at Wildstorm after I graduated from CalArts at 94. Then I went to Disney, and I started there uh, as a cleanup artist, 
and I eventually made myself made my way up to animator on Treasure Planet. What is a cleanup artist specifically in? Oh, okay. A cleanup artist is back in the day when we used to draw these things. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean draw? <laughs> we used to draw uh, these animated films. Uh, animators would animate the character, usually rough, and then there would be another team of cleanup artists who would go in and uh, clean up the line. I guess it would be similar to an inker. Okay. So you could embellish as well, not just tracing. <laughs> so... Um, so that's a, I was a cleanup artist, and, and eventually I became a rough in-betweener and jumped over to the animation side. And I finally made animator on Treasure Planet, and, uh, and then 2D was pretty much over. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So you, you killed 2D animation? Uh, yeah, pretty much I killed it. They realized they reached the pinnacle with your artwork, there and they just good. shut the whole medium down. This guy Thank knows you. how to spin things. Yes. Much Thank nicer you. than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Thank I you, like Frank. That. That's why I got the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But from there, I jumped over to storyboards, and then I uh, I left, went to uh, Nickelodeon to work on Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it was a fantastic show. I, I loved that show. It was fantastic. So the fans for Avatar, yeah, are amazing. I, I don't. I've never watched the show, uh, but I follow people on Tumblr who post Avatar stuff. And I'm just like, that looks great. I need to watch it. Yeah, you uh, should check it I, out. I really, I, I want to, but the fandom is just so amazing, and it's very exciting to see right. really dedicated fans for that. Yeah, I mean, I, whenever I go to Comic-Con, they're always dressed up in uh, uh, cosplay, and it's amazing um, to see the dedication they have. And some of the suits are very intricate, and, uh, um, and everyone's so nice uh, of that fan base. Um, and so, yeah, Avatar is was a huge, huge impact on my life, which after Avatar, it led to Pixar. And I've been at Pixar for nine years now. Started on Up. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one to start on. The funny thing is when I got... That uh, can be their headquarters. Where? The Pixar Adventures headquarters, the floating house with the <laughs> balloons oh, yeah, on yeah, it. That, that's, that's a good call. You've got this that's rolling good, yeah, in yeah. your head. I can <laughs> see the wheels turning. That's like the helicarrier. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. For the Pixar Avengers, the Pixventures. Never mind. Yeah. Trademarked. Yeah. There you go. Bink. So uh, we just got a comment on Periscope that someone enjoys this Doctor Strange. Oh yes, outfit. that is quite that lovely. Is cool. Very lovely. Very cool. Okay, okay, I'll put it on. I'll put it on. <laughs> Courtesy, Mr. James Syme. Uh, yes. It's pretty cool. Um, the now, now you've got me thinking about the floating house fortress, mm -hmm. uh, right. you know, place where they go, like the the crazy adventure they'd have to you know tangle with as the balloons are destroyed or you know some of them are gone and they're trying right. to save the house. That you should do this. And all the teams. It writes out. itself. Yeah. Right, right, right. Who would be the villain? Who would be the villain? Uh, Gravity. Uh, <laughs> the Newman guy from Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy's great. Newman's great. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, oh, well. Uh, the toy collector, I know. That yeah, no, 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 I was trying to remember the actor's name. Actor's name. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, Wayne Knight. That's it. That's it. Wayne, Wayne Knight. Knight. That, that's not the, that's the actor. That's the actor. Yeah, okay. I was about to say Dennis Nedry, but nope. That's who he plays in Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. It's Wayne Knight trivia night here on the Marvel <laughs> Podcast. Uh, so, Bobby, what is what is your day to day like over at Pixar? Uh, currently, I'm a story artist, so I would uh, 
get a script and uh, I would draw the imagery from that script, much like a comic book artist would get. It's very, it, it, that's what was amazing about uh, translating from, from being a comic artist to being a story artist. It, it's pretty much almost very similar. It's just uh, um, we get sequences as opposed to the whole, the whole thing. thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's that's super cool. We're uh, we're actually going to take a tour of Pixar right. uh, tomorrow. So yeah, I, yeah. thank you for helping us arrange that. Uh, that's gonna be fun. I'm a, I'm very happy to show you guys around. What what kind of stuff do you have? You know, like what's a tour like for Pixar? Because today we did Lucasfilm. We saw uh -huh. all kinds of crazy stuff. And you know, Blake, who's down there, and myself, we give the tour for Marvel every once in a while. And it's I'm right. always curious. You know what. Well, uh, I want it to be a surprise for you okay. as well. But yeah, as like but, uh, Sorry, I mean, podcast listeners. <laughs> but, um, lucky for Put you, on these ponchos <laughs> and follow me. Luckily for you guys, the latest movie is Inside Out. Mm -hmm. And so uh, on our second floor, there is some artwork from Inside Out that uh, uh, you guys will be able to see. And um, that would probably be the highlights. <laughs> And, uh, it's all downhill from there. <laughs> no, that's it's pretty amazing. I mean, and I'll show you the the, the campus of of course, um, and you know the pool, the um, basketball court, the whole, the Oscars that we have, and all that. It, and uh, it's you guys are gonna have a great time. Believe me. It, what kind of advice do you have for folks who are at home who are like, my dream is to work for. Pixar, that both, uh, what, what do you recommend to, to hone their skills? And then also, once they are establishing their skills, what is the professional route? Like, what do you recommend people do if that's what their dream is to, to eventually do? Okay. I would start with building a portfolio. Again, it's much like comic books where you would, but in this case, for animation, uh, for story, we want to see like cafe drawings, like drawings of, of, of figures like in normal life. Like I would probably sketch these guys down here sitting down and maybe even show some interaction between characters because it'd be kind of boring if it's just sitting around. Staring up at a bunch of people right. on a stage. Right, right. You guys shouldn't interact with one another. Keep, <laughs> keep focus on us, right. but for the sketches, yes. So probably five pages of cafe drawings and um, possibly uh, some sequences. I like, again, it goes back to very similar to comic books. You would probably want to show off your skills, maybe some storyboards of action sequences, some storyboards of dramatic sequences, some storyboards of comedic sequences. Um, I, it, my portfolio for, for comic books would probably be almost very similar to my storyboard uh, portfolio. And uh, I would just say for anybody who is interested to put their portfolio together and shop it around, uh, just like you would at a comic book artist, you would go to an editor and show him and see what they would want to improve upon. Um, send your portfolio out to Pixar. Send it out to Disney. Get did you go to school for, for animation specifically? Uh, yes, I did. I went to CalArts and uh, California Institute of the Arts and, and for animation. So I was trained in, in animation. Now, so you said you moved from the traditional animation and now into, you know, it's all CGI for Pixar. Right. Um, 
has that does that change the way you approach anything? Is you know like I, I'm, a, I'm not sure if you know you're traditionally you, you first started out with one style, now you're another style. But for you, mm -hmm. does that change? Um, a little bit. I, I still do my thumbnails on paper. Mm -hmm. So, and then once I get my thumbnails down, and then I transfer that to computer. And so, um, it's that's the only difference. Um, uh, but it does start off with the ideas, and then it does start off with me uh, drawing those ideas on paper. So. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think we're wrapping up here. Uh, we're going to hang out with the crowd. We're going to give away some stuff to uh, our, our many guests who are here and have hung out. Thank you. I can't see to the end of them. <laughs> um, but where can our fans, the This Week in Marvel listeners, find either of you on social media and whatnot? Uh, if you can spell Fred Van Lente, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and FredVanLente.com. F-R-P, exclamation point, no, that's upside wrong. down, Tilda. That's wrong. Yeah. Tilda Swinton. Uh, <laughs> you got to make sure that's part of the name. Exactly. I am at, my Twitter is Bobby uh, underscore Rubio at Twitter, and my Instagram is Bobby Rubio. Cool. So easy. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having thank us. You. And also, thank you, Isotope, for hosting yes. yeah, this week in Marvel. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back with more this week in Marvel from probably not a live location uh, next episode. A dead location. <laughs> this is Marvel. <laughs> you snorted. <laughs> this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>